0: Warning, this podcast contains adult language and material that may not be suitable for younger or more sensitive listeners. You have
1: been warned.
0: Welcome back to the town that only appears every hundred years under a sacrificial blood moon, this spooky show. We are the spooky sirens that lure you to join our terror commune with our irresistible voices, the ghoul babes. I'm the vengeful sea siren who has her own signature fragrance, Drown Town by Asphyxia Waters. Please I'm Vivian. To the stage. Right, I know. Such mm-hmm. a drag name. Somebody can steal that by the way. Is their drag name totally 100% stamp of approval. Just let them know that you got it from us. Yeah, just give us credit. Yeah.
1: Don't touch me, my mom won't take me back. I'm Jade. It's
0: true. (laughs) We don't want that to happen. (laughs) That would be most unfortunate. And today we have returned to the realm that we love so, so much that of the paranormal in this week's episode The Return of the Fabled Hometown Haunt. Spooky. All right, I don't know. (laughs) There's only ghost sounds I know. That's right. In the past, we have covered all the spooky stories. Well, maybe not all of the spooky stories from our hometowns, but a good portion of them. But it Doesn't matter. Exactly. The interesting ones. But we wanted to hear from you, Spooky Nation. And boy, did we. We had so many great choices to pick from that, honestly, you guys made this one really hard. Mm-hmm. So, instead of just choosing one, we have decided to cover each and every one of your submissions for this as well as future Hometown Haunt episodes. Woo! So everybody wins. Everybody gets a gold star, but... One person kind of wins more than anybody because theirs is first. So their gold star is a little bigger. Just a little bit. A little bit. A smidge. A skosh. A skosh. (laughs) This week, we will be covering the submission made by one of our Instagram cult faithful Sacred Peaks and talking about the haunted tales and locations of Niagara Falls, New York. Get your barrels ready and your screams queued up because this one is going to be one hell of a ride from start to finish.
1: Ah, Niagara Falls... It's not just for going over a barrel or shielding us from Canada anymore. Right? Because really, we need shielding from Canada. We do. Mostly the cold air that comes from Canada, I guess. I guess that's the only thing we really need shielding. Yeah, 100%.
0: That's right. That's where it all comes from. Number one Canadian export, cold air. Number two, poutine. I'm not mad at either. Well, I'm mad at cold air, but I'm not mad at poutine.
1: Wouldn't number one be like niceness?
0: I mean, I guess, but, like, it sounds like we don't want to be shielded from niceness.
1: Just cold air. Do we? (laughs) But do we, though? No. Far from it simply being a natural wonder of the world and a tourist attraction, there's a town there. Surprise, surprise. What? Weird. Before European settlers came along, the area was dominated by the neutral nation of indigenous American natives. Settlement began in the 17th century with the arrival of Frenchman Robert de la Salle. built Fort Conti at the mouth of the Niagara River in 1679, with permission from the local Iroquois tribe. See, this is what happens when you ask nicely. Looking at you, U.S. government. Right?
0: Looking right at you. Right the fuck at you. But with the influx of settlers was a spark that set into motion open hostility between the newcomers and the local tribes over the lucrative local fur trade. By the end of the 19th century, the city became a heavy industrial area, thanks in part to the hydroelectric power potential of the river. Tourism was considered a secondary niche outside of heavy industry and production of chemicals.
1: Speaking of chemicals, in a bit of infamous news from the area, the neighborhood of the pleasant-sounding Love Canal. Ooh. Ooh.
0: That sounds like an adult bookstore. It does. Or a sex shop. Or a drag queen. Come on down to Love Canal. Ow. (laughs) no yeah, i don't want to i'm good i don't want really. to now i think i need a grown-up
1: it made national headlines in 1978 when toxic <laughs> toxic contamination from your love canal
0: oh no <laughs> oh no i think they have a cream for that now <laughs> that's somebody needs that's someone that needs to go to the free clinic <laughs>
1: Toxic contamination came from a chemical waste landfill beneath it, causing then-president Jimmy Carter to declare a state of emergency, the first one ever made for a non-natural disaster. Hundreds of people were evacuated from the area, many of whom were ill due to exposure to the toxic waste in their love canal.
0: In the love canal. Ugh. Ugh. The canal of self-love. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's, there's an image for you, Spooky Nation, and you are welcome for it. This is to get back at Brad for that I peel you banana thing you sent, and I can't get it out of my fucking head. <laughs> the city's main economy today is based around the much cleaner industry of tourism, and with attractions like the falls themselves, the Cave of the Winds, and Prospect Point with its observation tower, it's clear to see why the change was made. But a long history with a somewhat violent past also clearly left its mark in many other places in the city. Places which we are going to talk about right... Wait for it... Now. Well, let's get into it, guys. And you can't have a show about haunted hometowns without at least one haunted hotel story, right? Well, good news. We have several. (laughs) (laughs) The first of which is the famed and famously haunted Greystone Manor. It was built in 1865 by the original owners, the Root family. Being wealthy Victorian area... Area again with the Victorian area. I can't get it out of my fucking head.
1: You're really obsessed with Victorian areas. It's funny because they weren't. Maybe we need to find a little uh, sleeve for you. I know.
0: Apparently I'm bothered by all that. Hot mahogany!
1: <laughs>
0: that was a really bad pair.: Just as funny the second time. I know. It was built in 1865 by the original owners, the Root family. Being wealthy Victorian-era socialites at the time, you can bet they had some rich-person hobbies. They were famous for breeding racehorses and even had a quarter-mile racetrack on the property at one time called Roots Trotting Park. Was only trotting allowed in said park? What if I preferred a brisk canter? Ugh, Victorian first-world problems. Anyways... Because of the close association with horses, often ghostly carriages are heard around the property, as well as the sound of disembodied hoofbeats.
1: Interesting. Yes.
0: Most of the rooms in the inn have experienced some sort of spiritual or paranormal activity. Even the basement, where a dark shadow mass has been seen repeatedly in a corner of the room. Risers had to be added to the basement steps, since a feeling of having your ankles grabbed and tripping was so common on the staircase.
1: And they're sure people aren't just clumsy.
0: Or just hiding under the stairs fucking with people. Oh, like. my
1: God. Like, <laughs> hee-hee-hee. <laughs> like, just reaching out and grabbing people's ankles. If I was a haunted hotel...
0: Oh, I would pay somebody to do 100%.
1: that. 100%. Yeah.
0: Like, I would do that for free. They wouldn't have to pay me.
1: <laughs> like, give me a room every, yeah. you know, once a while. Give me room and board.
0: i will be like, you want me to do what? Done. Do you want to negotiate pay? Nope. You've given me everything I need, sir. Done. When do I start? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's crazy. But yeah, apparently the stairs were a, uh, were a problem. We're a problem point. Pets and children also reportedly shy away from the basement area due to a reported vortex under the staircase. Arguments between disembodied voices of a man and a woman have been captured when no one else is around and jars are pushed off of shelves by unseen hands. Well, that's just rude. That's just disrespectful and a mess. Like, who's going to clean up this basement? You? Disembodied ghost? Skulking in the corner, (laughs) hiding under the stairs, grabbing people. Rude. A strong male energy is felt in the green room, the room where the patriarch of the Root family, Curtis Root, died after an accident involving one of his beloved racehorses. A passing train startled the steed and caused it to rear and fall backwards, crushing Mr. Root. Yikes.
1: What a way to go.
0: Smashed by a horse. Please tell me somebody put that on his tombstone. Here lies Curtis Evander. I'm making this up. Root, crushed to death by a by a horse.
1: That would be amazing. It's like when we were in Tona Pond, they were like, died by poison. Died yeah. because life was just too hard. And then you've got Curtis, crushed by a horse. S- smashed flat by a horse. <laughs> Curtis, crushed by a horse Root.
0: Like, that's his nickname. Yeah, he that's never- his middle name now, no. crushed by a horse. Oh, my God, that's unfortunate. But he didn't die right away oh,
1: that either. Sucks.
0: <laughs> that's even worse. He succumbed to internal injuries after a few weeks of bed rest. So yikes. So he like lingered. That's not good. Cigar smoke and a man's whistling is often sensed here. And there are reports of being touched and followed by Mr. Root's ghost after staying in his room. Creeper. Also, being apparently quite the ladies' man in his day, the spirit of Curtis Root seems particularly drawn to the guests of the fairer sex. Get it, Blair?
1: Or don't. <laughs> Maybe ask permission first?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe seek consent? I don't know. I mean, do ghosts have to do that? I would assume. I guess. Yeah, sure. It's a ghost. Just follow- just- Ellie does follow you around, apparently, though.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there. Consent. <laughs> consent said ghosts
0: the red room which is currently a bedroom was not originally a bedroom it used to be the upstairs parlor sightings of an older woman's spirit are most reported in this room and it's believed to be that of flora root the youngest daughter of the original owner she never married and lived in the home for another 24 years after inheriting the property on her parents deaths people staying in the room have reported this spirit watching them while they slept or staring out the window They've experienced sensations of choking as well or an overwhelming sadness only to find redness or marks later on their necks. Creepy. That is pretty creepy. Yeah, apparently people have seen her from, like, outside of the house too, like, looking outside. Creeper. Yeah, I was like, so apparently, like, like, father, like, daughter. Jesus, creepy family. He follows you around. She tries to choke you. I don't, like, what the fuck was going on with this house? What is, what is happening? The kids' room is located on the servants' wing of the house. So very commonly in this era when houses were built, especially large houses, manors like this, one side of the house would be for the owners, the people that lived in the house. The other side of the house, like a duplex almost, would be for servants' quarters. So this is in the servants' wing of the house. Several different endangered servants lived in this wing of the house from the 1860s all the way up to the 1900s. This room also clearly used to have a substantially sized sliding lock on the door at one point in time, which was virtually unheard of for servants' quarters back in the day. Apparently, revisiting that whole thing about Mr. Root being a voracious womanizer, that may have been the reason for the lock on the door. Again, consent, Mr. Root. He was just, he was going at it. I'm not sad
1: you were crushed by a horse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now she's like, I take it back. I'm glad that happened to you. I'm going to be
1: real. Not sad about it.
0: So apparently those were may have been more than rumors and may have been the impetus for such security measures. A ghost boy has been reported in this room coming out of the closet and asking other children that stay in the room to play with him. A quote unquote crazy laughing lady has also been witnessed coming out of the kid's room to chase people down the hallway and try to make them fall down the stairs. Oh my God. I'll take a ghost kid any fucking day of the week over a crazy laughing lady who tries to chase you down the steps. No thank you. No thank you. Hard pass. Hard fucking pass on that. The estate grounds are also a fairly active site, as well as the main parlor in the home, where voices have been captured during EVP sessions, as well as the sensations of having your energy drained and extreme temperature shifts. Large clouds of white mists are seen in the outside grounds, as well as the ghost of a boy running through the fields. It is activity like this that landed Greystone Manor on a 2019 episode of Travel Channel's Most Terrifying Places and sounds like a place that is right up my alley, except for that crazy bitch in the hallway that tries to chase you down the stairs.
1: Yeah, take her out and take out Mr. Touchy Grabby, and I'm down. I mean, I'm totally like, here's the thing.
0: I've never kicked a spirit before, but I would kick her. Like, 100%. Like, I'm very respectful when I do paranormal investigations. I do not fuck with the ghosts usually. I just kind of let them do their thing and let them talk because it's their stage. Someone comes out of a hall screaming and cackling at me and tries to make me fall down steps. Oh, we have beef now. We're going to have a problem. The first time I ever whoop a ghost ass <laughs> is will be that day.
1: <laughs> and I really hope it's on camera.
0: Oh, Please. Oh please, <laughs> make sure this gets captured for posterity. <laughs> Me whooping a full full-bodied apparition's ass. Vivian opens can of whoop ass. <laughs> Vivian opens can of whoop ass on crazy bitch ghost.
1: <laughs> I like it. It sounds like a movie. Seth World Brogan. star. World star. <laughs> World star. <laughs> so,
0: so what do we got next?
1: So the next place we're going to be talking about is another hotel. Yeah, I told you we had several. Uh, it's a little bit smaller, though. Oh, womp womp. It is the Red Coach Inn. Okay. So, located at 2 Buffalo Avenue in Niagara Falls, New York, the Red Coach Inn is a three-and-a-half-story Tudor-esque historic hotel and bed-and-breakfast. So, it's... For the time, it was huge. Right. But now, you're like, three-and-a-half stories, you're that's... Like, oh. That's a
0: house. Yeah, I mean, like... For some people, it's like, ooh, is that a closet? Three and a half stories. Pssh. It's not a manor like the last one.
1: Right. It's not like Greystone, where it was like, every room is haunted. This one is a small scale. Really, only, like, one room is supposedly haunted. Okay. But its doors first opened on August 30th, 1923. The owners, William Schulkampf and Charles Peabody, wanted the inn to resemble that of Bell Inn in Findon, England. Just some fun history knowledge for you, spooky listeners. We
0: know you love that stuff.
1: I am nothing if not a random fact drawer. (laughs) Random fact generator. Yes. (laughs) Niagara Falls is known to be the, quote, honeymoon capital of the world. And as such, it's only appropriate that the Red Coach Inn is home to the ghost of a... Murdered bride. Murdered bride, you say? Murdered bride. How fun. As the story goes, a newly wedded couple checked into the Victoria Suite located on the third floor around midnight on the first night of their honeymoon. The Victoria Suite is a gorgeous multi room suite with fantastic views of the Upper Rapids. If you ask me, it is the perfect room for two happy newlyweds. Turns out, it was also the perfect room for murder. Murder.
0: Murder. I mean, take note, Spooky Nation. Weddings are basically funerals with cake.
1: It's true.
0: Just throwing that out there.
1: So the following morning, the unnamed bride was found, quote, bludgeoned to death on the master bed, her face crushed on one side. Ew. Yeah. She had been beaten by her husband with a candlestick that he grabbed off the mantle. Let's say it all together, class. Douche. Douche. Since the murder, staff and guests have... Quote, "...reported seeing a woman wearing an old-fashioned lace-white dress roaming the hotel." On an episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories, Barry Copel recounts his spooky encounter with the ghost bride.
2: Tyler was very frightened. And you you don't know what's, what's going on in a, in a dog's mind or instincts or, or senses. But you know when a dog is frightened... You know, you pay attention to that. And I looked in the direction that he was looking. And I saw this woman coming through the wall. I was just dumbfounded. You could see right through her. And she was dressed as a bride, old-fashioned looking. Earl and I were terrified. She stops and turns toward Earl and me. You could see the face was not A whole face. It was a face that had been mutilated. The whole head was caved in. Then she came toward us with this look of anger and accusation. The expression almost said, You killed me.
1: The other ghost that roams the hotel is that of a four year old girl. Before coming to the Red Coach Inn, the property was once horse stables. There was a massive fire that destroyed everything, and in the wreckage, a little girl was found burnt to a crisp in one of the charred stables. It's said that she still wanders the hotel. Yeesh. I mean, if I was a little girl and I burned alive, I don't know if I would want to... I mean, I guess... You don't really have a a choice. choice.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I think that was like kind of where you die is like especially if you die like a tragic death it makes an imprint and I don't you don't really have a choice but to stay there until you either move on or you're released from the place that you you know you have unfinished business or whatever or a lot of times they don't even know they're they're dead I think
1: that's true I take that back rewind so in addition to the ghost sightings guests and staff have also reported items being thrown to the floor feelings of again being grabbed or rubbed yeah Hmm. doors opening on their own and the alarm's motion detector going off when the building was seemingly empty. One final little spooky fact, uh, there were portraits that had to be removed from the hotel because the eyes were said to have followed the guests around their rooms.
0: Oh, creepy. Very. Creepy portraits. Gotta love creepy portraits with moving eyeballs. <laughs> Are they sure nobody had just like cut the eyeballs out and were just standing behind them and just watching people <laughs> from the hallway like in every like Looney Tunes cartoon or like creepy you know victorian horror movie i've ever seen where somebody's like spying on someone staying in the house and they cut the eyes out of the portrait
1: again job that i would take
0: 100 hire me you don't have to pay me i would do that shit for free <laughs> You can just stand there just just oh just move your eyes back and forth just like yeah. and then wait and then wait for them to look and go like was that portrait's eyes moving and you just get really still and just try really hard not to blink And then look right at them, make direct long term eye contact, (laughs) really uncomfortable eye contact. Just saying. Hire us. Right. Totally. One hundred percent. So that's the Red Red Coach Inn, which is just the one room is haunted, but it's aside from the little girl. So moving on in the next spot on our little bit of a spooky tour, um, we're going to talk about something that's not a hotel or a bed and breakfast. But guys. I feel like we're about to have a very Phantom of the Opera moment here. Minus the crashing murder chandelier. Or or murder-leer, as the professionals would call it. Murder-leer. You're welcome. Next up on our haunted virtual tour of Niagara Falls is the famous Rapids Theater. The theater opened on September 1st, 1921. It opened originally as a vaudeville stage and movie theater, including a grand balcony and a domed ceiling. Many acts and performers have found a home here, including the Three Stooges, Stone Temple Pilots, Mac Miller, and the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, rest in peace. Oh, Mac Miller. Yeah. I was like, the Dropkick Murphys died. Nobody told me. No. <laughs> I mean, their career might be dead. I but don't. They're d- not. Hey. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Somebody's got to play St. Patrick's Day forever, forever. Okay. Come on.
1: Come on. It's it's true. But yeah, I met Mac Miller. No.
0: <laughs> the theater was booming with acts and film shorts from its opening, but it's also seen many incarnations. Originally operating under the name of the Bellevue Theater, it was closed in 1928 and then reopened in 1929 by the Shea Publix Theater Company. It was purchased again in 1940 by a subsidiary of the company of Paramount Pictures. Then it was sold and repurchased again in 1960, where it would be officially rebranded the Rapids Theater.
1: Damn.
0: It's it's changed hands quite a few times. Quite a few it was a long and sordid history of of this theater just like just bouncing back and forth between owners. Business would see a decline and the theater would close, then reopen as a discotheque in 1974, which would then close in 1995 and then be reopened yet again as another dance club called the Masquerade in 1996. In 1998, the little theater that refused to die even operated briefly as a nightclub. Oh, my God. Right. The theater would continue to trade ownership, passing through various hands from the late 90s all the way into 2007 when it was purchased in a tax foreclosure auction by current owner and native Niagara resident John Hutchins for eighty five thousand dollars. Oh, my God, that's a steal. Right. Which this was purchased back in the like by Shea Publix back in like the 30s for like two hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars was like a ridiculous amount of money, like triple digits. And then he repurchased it for $85,000. That's like less than a fucking house. That's a song and a dance, maybe. And maybe a finger. A middle one. Bitch, take my money. Bitch, take my money. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, take my money.
1: But what would you do without your middle fingers?
0: That's true. I would have, have, it'd be a struggle. Struggle bus. They'd have to take my pinky, like Yakuza. Yeah. Pinky Pinky's. the way to go with that. But while the history of the space is indeed fascinating, we are here for spooky stuff. The theater gained national attention after being featured on a 2011 episode of Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters, and bills itself as one of Western New York's, quote, most haunted locations. Doors have been known to open and close by themselves, as well as voices and footsteps being heard, where there's nobody else around. The crew and stars of Ghost Hunters were even astonished by, quote, the high amount of paranormal activity that every single member of the staff has experienced, unquote. Oh, wow. So like everybody, apparently the works there has had something weird and something paranormal happen to them at some point while they've been employed. While shooting, the producer said that they heard a woman's voice through the air ducts when nobody was up there and that they saw a shadowy apparition walking across the stage and near the bar. The venue offers haunted tours and investigations for intrepid paranormal investigators starting at 7 p.m. but offering no end time. The, oh, interesting. Right? The theater claims on their website that the reason for the question mark, you know, ghost to a question mark, is, quote, sometimes there is so much activity that people don't want to leave. So, hey, check it out if you're in the area for some good old-fashioned ghostly encounters of the theater kind.
1: That's a really good deal on ticket price then, too. Yeah, I usually it's like, I think it's like 50 bucks. I think I, th- I looked that's it not up. not bad at all, because usually it's like, here, if you were to, say, go to the Haunted Museum... Mm-hmm. It's, you know, anywhere from 50 to $75 yeah. for an hour tour versus this one's $50 for a uh, whenever you want to leave. For basically
0: whenever, like, the activity stops, yeah. We're going until this ghost party fucking stops. <laughs> the, the party don't people. stop till the ghost walk in. Okay, continue.
1: <laughs> I like that we were both trying to make a song reference right there. Mm-hmm. So, the next stop on our tour is the Van Horn Mansion. Ooh, mansion! So, another home. Cool. The Van Horn Mansion was built by Judge James Van Horn in 1823. The judge, originally from New Jersey, you know, I don't know why he left. Because, as we all know, everything is legal in in New Jersey.
0: Jersey.
1: He settled in Newfane in 1817, and, as we just said, built the Georgian-style mansion in 1823. It was the first brick home in Newfane and home to sixteen rooms and five bathrooms.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Sixteen rooms. Okay, are those aren't all bedrooms though. No. Okay, I was gonna say, God damn, and only five bathrooms? That's just mean.
1: I was thinking it too of like that's quite, you know that's disproportionate. disproportionate. But you know, I'm if we're counting studying. living room
0: and library and like other rooms, then okay, fine. Then I'm not mad at it anymore.
1: Still, 16 rooms is a lot. That's a lot. That's a big house. I have, like, four rooms in my house. I think most people have, like, four rooms in their house.
0: <laughs> Fucking aristocrats. First aristocrats. world problems, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Victorian first world problems. We have 16 rooms in our house. We have five bathrooms. We have no indoor plumbing. <laughs> I need
1: a peanut pot.
0: Ugh. We have to cover all the chair legs. Because <laughs> <laughs> chair legs are sexy.
1: I want to spin off of our show of <laughs> us just reading stuff in, like, spoiled Victorian voices. Oh, please. Oh,
0: yes, please. Spoiled Victorian, like, Victorian, like, aristocrats. Be like, I had to piss in a pot this morning. <laughs> the pot was cold. I'm Vivian. I'm Vivian. Like I'm, I'm going to die of the flu in a month.
1: <laughs> if you guys want to see this. Make sure to comment, 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 let us know. We still have to do our Cletus and Cletus show, too. True. So turn that shit up. <laughs> if you want these things, you have to let us know. You have to ask. <laughs> so the mansion is located on Lockport and Alcott Road on Route 78 and, of course, is said to be haunted. Of
0: course, we would be covering it if it wasn't.
1: Yeah, so let's dive into that. During renovations to the mansion, roofers claimed to have witnessed faces in the windows of the vacant mansion and lights flickering for no reason. Carpenters, at this time, also claimed to have had spirits appear to them, one of which being Melinda Niles Van Horn, late wife of James Van Horn Jr. Melinda died a year after her marriage to Van Horn Jr. Womp womp.
0: That sucks. She caught the flu. (laughs) what's that dysentery (laughs) because I have no indoor eh? heating I got chlamydia oh my god that took a turn we're not talking about the intoxicated like the toxic love canal anymore
1: I'm sorry we're not talking about the toxic love canal that was all I could think of
0: (laughs) all you could think of was chlamydia
1: yeah I was trying to think of things that we don't have. You heard it here first,
0: Spooky Nation. All Jade could think of was
1: chlamydia. <laughs> in all the diseases in the world, that's the first one she could think of. I was thinking of things that, like, we have cures for now. We don't have things for chlamydia. They we didn't have things d- Yeah, for they chlamydia. didn't,
0: but you didn't, like, die of it either. <laughs> I mean, you might have. I don't know. I mean, you would die. Of, okay, fair. You would die of a splinter back then. Like, oh, a splinter. Oh, shit. It was nice knowing you guys. So I
1: was like, we have stuff for chlamydia now. They didn't. Blah. I don't know. Oh God. I love that that's the
0: first thing you thought of. It was the whole love canal. It was the
1: it was. toxic love
0: canal all over again.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's possible. I'm just saying because the circumstances around her death are still a mystery. So <laughs> that's where we That was a long way to get to that point.
0: Suki. <laughs> That was a journey.
1: (laughs) Thank you. We took a
0: lot of exits to get there, but we got there. (laughs) Hey, you signed up for this, guys. This is true. You guys signed up for this. You have no one to blame but yourselves.
1: (laughs) Her grave is still located within the Rose Garden on the south side of the mansion grounds. The construction workers weren't the only ones to report seeing the female spirit. Cars have, quote, skidded to avoid hitting a girl running from the mansion, who would later vanish into thin air and a number of witnesses have claimed to see Melinda's spirit in the attic. I actually have seen her twice in the attic and both times it was in the exact same corner. Um, She looked exactly the same. Um, The strange thing is, I could tell you what color she had on in her dress. It was beautiful. Um, The way her hair was, what color her hair was and the expression on her face, but I couldn't see any hands or feet. Well, that location took a lot out of us, Spooky Nation. <laughs> no kidding. So we're going to pull over real quick and tell you about Dead Hours, Vivian's brand new YouTube show. Ooh. So Vivian, why don't you tell us all about it?
0: So yes, you're correct. It is a show on the Tubeube. On the Tubeube the is <laughs> the, the cool kids say but it's on YouTube. It is, uh, it's called The Dead Hours. And the format is basically it's um, yours truly, Future Ghost, Ghoul Babe, and you know, Hostess with the Mostest. Um, I sit down with paranormal investigators from different paranormal teams and I ask them in depth questions about what they do, um, about their profession, about what got them into the paranormal. We review clips from their shows because most of them do have YouTube shows as well. So we go over some of the footage and they talk about their experiences. And uh kind of get to know them and get to get a real feel for the paranormal and what it's like
1: to hunt ghosts. Very cool. Now have you had an episode up yet?
0: I have, now that's that you mention it. Oh. I have had an episode, so uh I will have probably two by the time this airs. Uh if not three. Probably two though. So we've had uh as our very first guest, which is up on the channel. All these are live, by the way, so you'll get notifications if you subscribe. Uh, That little bell next to the subscription button, you'll make sure that you get uh, any notification as to when we go live. If there's new content, a new video, it'll let you know right away. Our very first episode was with GSI Paranormal. They are located out of Nottingham, England, and I sit down with John, one of their uh, uh, lead investigators. And it's about an hour. We talk about a lot of things and show a clip from one of his shows. And episode two, which is actually I'm recording tomorrow, which will be out by the time this show is out is uh, with Jay and Jeremiah from Go Show.
1: Oh, we know that. We know
0: those guys. They were on our podcast. Yeah. So they were on this show. They were on this show, Episode 20. If you guys haven't listened to it, the second half of Episode 20, our Quarantina Turner double feature. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> right? So uh, I'm going to have them on live, and they're going to talk a little bit about Go Show and what they plan to do next and where they're going, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to have different... We're going to try to make it a weekly thing Um, and have a different investigator on every week. So, yeah, stay tuned and welcome to the Dead Hours, you guys. And back to the show. So, our next stop on the tour. Who doesn't love a little booze with their booze? I do. Fuck off. I can do puns, too. Rude. Anyways. (laughs) Margin Manor, or more specifically the winery that now resides there, has a long history the property was purchased originally in 1834 by Schubel Scudder Merritt, and that is one hell of a name. I love it. <laughs> he started out with a log cabin on the property on the 295 acres, but as the family and prosperity grew, Merritt wanted a house to reflect this. In 1854, a brick home was constructed. Both Merritt's wife Sophia and his son Lewis would both die in the home, oh, nice. as well as Merritt himself, leaving the home to the care of his two remaining children. It would remain in family hands until 1895 when it was purchased by Charles Ring and his family. His wife, Hannah, wished to move out of Buffalo and pursue their dream of farming, which I don't know why you would ever want to do that, but okay. (laughs) Let's leave the
1: city. Let's
0: leave the city to go farm. Go off, sis. Okay. (laughs) They would become successful peach farmers, though, until Hannah died at home in 1907. Charles remained in the home, which he renamed Appleton Hall, even the, despite the fact that they grew peaches. But
1: you know, I guess Peachton Hall didn't. Uh, it's
0: quite wor- ring. it works. It works. I'm just. I'm. Yeah, maybe I'm just being nitpicky, but whatever. It didn't ring. I Ring really. That was a punishment for my pun, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Eventually, he would will the home to his wife's stepmother's younger sister. Try and track that one, Spooky Nation elia before he perished of an apparent heart failure in 1908 so he died the year after his wife died so
1: many people are dying in
0: this in this house right so jesus no wonder it's haunted Uh, elia would come to move into the home with her widowed sister florella who would also perish in the home the same year oh my god so this house has a fucking body count elia would marry widower john whitewell Elia would marry widower John Whitwell in 1909, and they would live in the house until 1922. They did. They did, die? They did not. They okay. moved. They moved. <laughs> I looked that up too. I was like, "Fuck, this house has got a crazy body count." I was like, "Oh wait, they just moved away. All right, we're we're good. We're good for good reason." Yeah, they were just like, There's "Too many dead people in this house." Various sales of the home would fall through, and eventually, the property fell into foreclosure. It was rescued in 1933 by nuns. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> The Sisters of St. Joseph would purchase the property and restyle it into a camp for girls, a farm school for deaf boys, and a summer retreat for themselves.
1: That's an interesting... Uh, that is an interesting trifecta. trifecta.
0: Exactly. I thought the same thing. I was like, okay. okay. Int- yeah, sure.
1: A farm school for deaf boys. Just deaf boys, though. Like,
0: not not all boys. A pickle barn. <laughs> a farm for deaf boys. A camp for girls. A school for llamas. <laughs> And then a room for themselves. And a room for themselves. You know, a summer house. (laughs) (laughs) They would own the property until 1993. Wow. They owned it for a long time. In 2003, it was purchased by Margot Sue Bittner and transformed into a winery. Its local reputation as a haunted house, though, landed it on both sci-fi series Ghost Hunters and on Travel Channel's Most Terrifying Places in America. Mm. So a a double whammy. The owners claim that the spirits of Shubel, Sophia, and Louis Merritt, as well as Charles and Hannah Ring, and Duke, a dog that belonged to the Sisters of St. Joseph, are all the current spiritual residents of the property.
1: Oh, I love that it's haunted by a dog. That it's a,
0: a dog that was owned by nuns. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it's funny.
1: It's a funny image. Right? I, I just picture I a dog it.
0: with a little nun habit and like a cross collar and like, I don't know why I'm picturing this. But it was just, I was like, why am I snickering while I'm writing these notes? Why is this funny? Why is this mental image funny? It's just funny. I can't explain it. But EVPs have been picked up by investigators as well as photos of body-shaped mists have also been captured on site at the winery. Ghosts and a good bottle of wine, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Right? That sounds like a fun weekend.
1: But yeah, it makes so much sense to me that this house with such a high body count would be-
0: Oh, for sure! Like I was like, I was like, who else died in here? Jimmy Hoffa, Jesus! Like, <laughs> this house is just snaking people fucking left and right. Speaking of snakes. Oh, that was a that was a purposeful segue. Segue. That was where a I was looking way? for a snake way. What? Mm-hmm. It wasn't purposeful. Actually, I said snake, and then I was like, oh, it is snakes. <laughs> that was an accident.
1: Happy accidents. Anyways. So, the last stop on our tour is going to be Lake Ontario. Okay. We're going to be talking about the Lake Ontario Serpents. Mm -hmm. And technically, they're attributed as a Canadian legend. It's Lake Ontario. I'm going to rule that we have joint custody with visitation on the weekends. Okay? Okay. So, much like the Loch Ness Monster in Tahoe Tessie, Lake Ontario has a serpent of its own. It has many names, but I'm going to call it Gassy. (coughs)
0: Does it owe you, does it owe you about tree-fitting? It well, does. About tree-fitting.
1: <laughs> if you want to be scientific, it's Gassy and Ditha, but her friends call her Gassy. But her only, her close crew calls her Gassy. I need to pee in pot. My best friend is Gassy.
0: <laughs> she died from it. <laughs> her abdomen swelled up and everything. Ew, it's not a good look. <laughs>
1: Anyway, there have been many sightings of Gassy since before the Columbus exploration. Back then, they described Gassy. every time I say it. It just, it just makes, makes me, me laugh.
0: It makes me snicker, and I'm really trying hard to be quiet.
1: <laughs> they described Gassy as a large serpent-like creature that was, quote, able to fly and spew fire from its mouth. So, it a, dragon.
0: so a dragon. They just described a fucking dragon. Yeah. Not a lake serpent. Dragon. a fucking dragon
1: but you can see why gassy fits now right
0: no i can see why smog fits <laughs> or
1: smog is copyrighted,
0: or Rygal or whatever the one from game of thrones was <laughs> i can see why those fit
1: gas hydrogen if hydrogen. i was a
0: dragon and they fucking named me gassy i would burn everyone to a fucking crisp <laughs> continue <laughs> to a crisp
1: Anyway, over time, there were more supposed sightings with information varying from one to the next. In 1817, a ship crew described her as being one foot in diameter, which doesn't what? seem very big. <laughs> no. Um, and then 30 to 40 feet in length.
0: Okay. So very. So very noodley. Yeah. Danger noodle, if you will. 100%. So basically a big snack. A big snake. She could have been like an anaconda or something. Okay. While in
1: 1833, prepare for this name. Oh, boy. Captain Abija Kellogg. That is one heck of a name. You beat my Shubal Merit. I don't think so. I don't know. But he and his crew claimed to see a, quote, 175-foot serpent on their way to Kingston Harbor. According to their description, quote, the creature had no obvious head, But tapered off at either end, much like an earthworm or a snake.
0: Or a snake. Yeah, I was like, snakes don't really have a discernible head either. And they kind of taper off at either end. So it's entirely possible that this was just a wayward. I mean, obviously not 175 feet. That's ridiculous. But like this was a wayward python or something. Maybe that somehow I don't know how it would have gotten there. But because obviously people didn't like keep that shit as pets at the time. But I feel like that's what this was. I feel like it was just, like, somehow, like, a wayward snake got into this lake, a large, like, anaconda or something, and just hung out.
1: That or an eel. I mean, eels don't. Like an not, abnormal eel. Uh, an, an
0: abnormal eel, folks. <laughs> abnormal eels sounds like the name of someone's indie band. It does.
1: <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, abnormal, abnormal eels.
0: eels. <laughs> They're just too cool for school. I knew them before they were, like, a big thing. Before they had a pot to shit in.
1: <laughs> chamber pot.
0: <laughs> that's the opening act. Chamber pot. With two Ts.
1: <laughs> chamber pot to shit in is their opening, <laughs> act. opening act. It's their opening act.
0: That's chamber pot with two Ts? Excuse me. Excuse the fuck out of me.
1: Excuse your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me or my son ever again.
0: Exactly. Or my chamber pot, or my abnormal eels, or my chlamydia, (laughs) which I don't have.
1: (laughs) Just clarifying. I don't, no,
0: but I just, that's still funny to me. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing you could come up with in disease bingo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, on that note... (laughs) That's all the time we have for ghosts and STDs, apparently, this week, (laughs) Spooky Nation. Be sure to join us again in two weeks when we dredge up strange disappearances, the unexplained and more mysterious phenomena in episode 29, Don't Blow Me to Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle and other vile vortices. Until next time, stay Stay spooky, spooky, friends. friends.